The provinces are slowly opening up from the COVID-19 lockdown. A new normal is here for businesses in our physical distancing world. What will work and the economy look like in the post-pandemic world? Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand. We're coming to you from a remote location and practicing physical distancing to enhance safety. While Ontario and Quebec grapple with the need for more testing, they are moving ahead with lifting restrictions on businesses to resume operations. What will that look like, though? Strict safety protocols will likely be in place to protect customers and employees. The challenge will be large office buildings, which will have to adapt. And while this pandemic has dealt a vicious blow to the economy, one economist we'll talk to later does see some opportunities. First, Lindsay Teds is an economist and a professor at the University of Calgary School of Public Policy, and she joins us now. And Lindsay, how would you characterize the Canadian economy before COVID-19? Well, it was it was creeping along. Um, I mean, we had already seen signs of softening in uh, the last quarter of 2019. Um, you know, it's been it's been really hard to eke out growth over the last couple of years. Uh, and with you know with some softness in you know the natural resource sector, uh, as well as you know some very challenging relationships with China even before the pandemic, it was already soft. Uh, this pandemic then just you know put it right over the edge. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, from your perspective, do you feel provinces are, are rushing too fast to reopen? Oh, you know, I, this is going to be a really, really difficult uh, decision to make, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't envy anybody in that situation. I think one of the things that people forget, though, is that the softening that we saw in early February was not the result of restrictions. It was the result of people curtailing their own demand in the face of the news about the pandemic. And the lifting of the restrictions isn't what automatically means that we just get right back to normal. People have to feel comfortable to resume their activities. And what we are indeed seeing is that people, many people, are not comfortable. And so it's not just a matter of restrictions. It's also a matter of people feeling like they can start going back to, quote unquote, their day to day lives. What challenges do you see for businesses in this new normal? Oh, boy. I mean, it's going to just depend on the kind of business. Like restaurants are not going to be at 100% capacity for a long time, if ever. They're going to have to put a lot of um, restrictions in place if they're ever going to have um, uh, people eating in the restaurants. I know a lot of the smaller restaurants here in Calgary, for example, are sticking with um, a takeaway. There is no sitting in the restaurants or thing like that. Um, you know, stores are going to have to be careful about queuing. Um, you know, we were at the garden store a couple of weeks ago, and they had to control the people entering and leaving a, a very, very large space. Uh, and then you have problems with people physically distancing while queuing. Um, you know, Canadians are pretty good at queuing, but, you know, sometimes we're not always as conscious about other people's spaces. Um, and then what you're talking about, people working in offices. Um, getting back into that requires people to have, that are in those office spaces to have an understanding of ventilation, for example. You know, what is the flow of airflow and how do they need to restructure their office space? to ensure the safety of their people. And we're already seeing some of the large companies. I mean, Shopify did the big announcement in Mm -hmm. Toronto. 
uh, they're going to keep a lot of their operations permanently at home. And so, yeah, it's going to it's going to be very, very different for for a lot of different businesses. Lindsay Ted's joining us on the Unpublished Cafe. She's an economics professor at the University of Calgary's School of Public Policy. And uh, I've been reading some of your material. Why do you feel women will face the brunt of the economic impact from the pandemic? Well, I mean, we were the we were the ones who faced it first. Um, you know, when the, when the schools were one of the first things that were closed before a lot of the other restrictions went in place. Um, here in Alberta, the closures of schools, for example, was announced Sunday at uh, five o'clock in, in the afternoon. Um, and suddenly we had to restructure our lives for the next day uh, because our young kids were now at home. And last time I checked, leaving a seven-year-old at home is not really a good idea. Um, Childcare facilities were shut down. So we felt it first. Um, and then, you know, when, when, I, when the restrictions started to come in place, uh, this predominantly affected male, uh, female-dominated industries like accommodations, uh, restaurants, uh, travel, and, and the like. Uh, then lifting these restrictions, like if you think about those industries and what I just talked about, right, restaurants mm -hmm. and bars, they're not going to be at full capacity for a while. So that means they're not going to bring all of their staff back. When we talk about travel, we're not, you know, we're not going to be sitting in an airplane um, side by side like we used to. There's going to have to be some serious restrictions put in place to make sure that we have this under control. Um, so, and the fact that, you know, while so we're seeing um, restrictions being lifted on childcare. But those facilities themselves are actually not necessarily opening back up. We're seeing this particularly here in Alberta and Calgary. Well, you know, day camps, for example, are allowed to proceed. A lot of them have just gone, no, we can't take on this liability. So, again, it's not as simple as, you know, we're slowly getting back to normal because we're never going to get back to normal. But if we don't start thinking about what it is that those of us who have been hardest by the need, um, we are going to set women back in their economic participation in this economy by 30 years. And that's really concerning because in the last 30 years, the economic growth we have been eking out has been from two sources, one from natural resources and two from women entering into the economy. So making sure that they can participate is essential for our economic growth. I'm wondering, thinking more big picture here, uh, opportunities for Canadians in the new normal. And, you know, when we see we see retail is going to have to start hiring more people because they have to, you know, sanitize. They have to where they need more hands on the ground um, as well. There's been talking about, you know, maybe Canada could become a, uh, a hub for uh, personal protective equipment manufacturing. You see opportunity there? You know, when you talk about retail, whether or not they're going to be able to hire more people is actually quite dependent on how how much our behaviors changed in this pandemic. We are shopping a lot online. It, uh, it how how much our behavior changed. What 
you know, over an eight week period was something that we, we hadn't even accomplished in a 15 year period before. We are seeing retailers actually announcing bankruptcy and they're also announcing that they're not going back to brick and mortar stores. Instead, they're going to go the Amazon route with just um, uh, warehouse hubs in places and they'll just be doing delivery. So I'm not sure we're going to see a lot of hiring necessarily in, in, in that retail sector. Um, is there a p opportunity for innovation? Absolutely, we, we, we saw this. Firms and businesses that are going to and did survive fairly well during this pandemic were the ones that pivoted. You know, you have your local breweries um, switch from uh, manufacturing alcohol to hand sanitizer. You had um, clothing manufacturers um, producing masks uh, with, you know, some really great designs. Mm -hmm. um, and so there, there, there's always opportunity for innovation in these, in, in these times. And in fact, that is going to be really important for um, our economy moving forward because well, you know, and I've said it a few times here, people talk about going back to normal. Um, normal is not what we're going back to. We're going, this is, you know, a transformation in our economy. It's going to look different. It's going to feel different. And the, the, the businesses that are innovative are, are the ones that are going to come out shining from this. How long do you see Canada getting back to, or at least the economy getting back to close to where it was before the pandemic? So um, I've always been in the checkmark kind of style recovery. I'm not a V mm -hmm. or a U. Um, this was a this was a deep deep dive. I don't think we're going to stay down at that low point that long, but the 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 incline afterwards is going to be more like you know the '90s recession. It's going to be slow, um, and I think it's going to be several years before we see getting back to that level of economic activity that we had before. Part of it is going to really actually depend on though, we're going to have a lot of businesses where that won't survive this. Some people are talking as much as 50 to 60%. Um, and that's based off of what we see of businesses that are not able to open up uh, back up after say a hurricane. Uh, and this is much more of a shock than than a hurricane, for example. Um, if we are able to get people uh, to replace those entrepreneurs, to replace those businesses through innovative activity, the the slope will be steeper, but it's still going to be a long plodding recovery. Lindsay, I want to thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much for having me. Lindsay Tedds is a professor at the University of Calgary School of Public Policy. We think about the new normal when it comes to leaving our homes and doing the shopping, but what could it look like when you return to work in, say, that high-rise? Brent McKnight is the Associate Professor at Strategic Management at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University, and he joins us now. And Brent, workplaces aren't all one-size-fits-all. When you think about Canadians going back to work, which do you see as presenting the biggest challenges? Yeah, this is uh, certainly the case. There's so many different types of workplaces, so many different types of work. Um, and uh, it's certainly we're going to have to see how each of these types of work um, can be effectively uh, continued with. Um, offices buildings, huge office buildings with uh, thousands of people in them, um, small numbers of elevators. Uh, certainly that's one type of work. Uh, retail, another type of work um, where you've got people, a lot of unknown people coming into a, a facility, a, a workplace. Uh, so I think 
you're going to have to look at each individual situation very carefully uh, to figure out what are the risks um, and what needs to be done in each of those scenarios. You know, and I, I think of a company that is, you know, set up shop in a high rise uh, office tower. Uh, I mean, if they're going to start reopening, they're obviously going to have to, you know, follow those social distancing rules, two meters apart, you know, uh, mandatory PPE, et cetera. Uh, yeah. What I'm wondering is that these folks are going to, I think, are going to have to start renting out more space, are they not? Because they're going to require more space just for the for the employees. Well, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, right now, everyone's working from home, and, and I think quite a few companies are finding that this is working out fairly well for them in a lot of the functions that they operate. Um, you know, we had to do this very quickly. Uh, we didn't have a lot of time um, uh, to, to go online and to go remotely. Um, and with more time, uh, they can make those arrangements even stronger. So I think I'd expect to see um, a variety of ways to reduce the number of people that need to be in an office environment. Um, either using shift work, uh, which might be uh, effective in some office environments, um, particularly probably effective in some manufacturing environments. Um, but other uh, approaches would be prioritizing what functions do need to be in the office, right? And maybe yeah. what people need to be in the office. Do you see, do you see uh, a growth, I guess, in people working from home? You know, it's, it's a nice thing to do now, but uh, <laughs> do you want to see that become a permanent thing? You know, I, I don't know. I think some people are enjoying it. I think some people are really finding this very hard. Um, you know, so I don't think this is a, yeah, we should all work from home or we shouldn't. Um, but I definitely think that this has shown um, even skeptics that this can be done. And, and perhaps it should be more of a part um, of, our, uh, of our work environment than, uh, than we thought it could be. Um, I don't see it replacing the need to be co-located and, and with other people. Um, but certainly it could play a role. One key function I think that's going to be interesting is often we'll put our, our functions like digital marketing or fulfillment or supply chain or whatever all together in one spot. Um, you know, they, that's, the depart, that's the area um, that we go to when we need those, that kind of help. Um, but in a COVID world where you know, one person in that environment gets sick, then you have a potential risk to an entire um, function of your business. Uh, so, you know, I think redundancy uh, and, and being careful about which critical functions should be in the office at what time um, will be a, a key element to, to think about. Brent McKnight joining us on the Unpublished Cafe, Associate Professor of Strategic Management at the Groot School of Business at McMaster University as we talk about what returning to work might look like. And it's going to depend on, on where you do work, that's for sure. You know, collaboration and teamwork are hallmarks for, for successful businesses and you know, in this new normal of you're keeping distances, yeah, I, you know, the boardroom meeting, I, I can't see that lasting much longer. What are companies going to try and do to replace, you know, that, that collaboration, cooperation? Yeah. Yeah, that's really tricky. And, and you know, companies that have, um, you know, it would, there's a big difference between uh, collaborating with someone online once you've met them face-to-face -face and had the, that interaction um, and collaborating online with never having met them face-to-face. Uh, and, and as we go forward with this, increasingly there's going to be people that join a company or, or come along and, 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 and you need to interact with them without having physically met them. I think that's going to pose some communication challenges. Uh, I think um, culture uh, is, is obviously a, a critical element for companies to make sure they don't let up on, on finding creative ways to bring people together and get them to talk to each other um, beyond just the, you know, the, the business of business. Because um, that's a, a critical thing you miss uh, when you're face to face with people and, and in the same office environment, uh, and that brings trust, uh, and that trust uh, facilitates communication. So, culture is going to be critical. 
uh, and making sure that you don't get um, sloppy um, and, and lazy, I guess, um, with, uh, uh, with building opportunities to enhance culture. You know, we're obviously talking about, um, you know, returning to work uh, post-COVID-19 or I guess still between the first and second wave. Uh, masks, temperature temperature checks, they're all going to be part of the, the, the new normal. Do you expect to see, uh, expect to see this growing everywhere? Um, I, I think so. You know, I think a prime concern is going to be an employee feeling safe. You know, if you're going mm-hmm. back to work, you want to feel safe where you're working. Uh, and right now we feel safe at home. Um, and, you know, even when we leave the, uh, the house, uh, even to go get groceries, we kind of feel a little funny. Um, and that, that's going to take a lot of breakdown. And so whatever companies can do to make their, comp- their employees feel safe is what they're going to do. Um, and I think testing is part of that, uh, not just uh, temperatures and, uh, and temperature taking and, and masks and, and whatnot, which is important. Um, but there are testing technologies on the horizon that will allow you to, within a span of uh, half an hour or an hour, get some sense of, of exposure. So I would, I would expect to see those uh, be new business models even for companies that would offer tests like that for, uh, for offices and, and whatnot. So um, safety and feeling comfortable is a critical um, goal um, for helping employees get back. You know, we've talked a lot, an awful lot about returning to work in, in the office buildings, retail, that kind of a thing. But, you know, the one thing I'm kind of curious about, I don't know if you've thought about this or not, but what is dining out going to look like <laughs> in this new COVID world? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've got to admit, I have not um, even taken takeout uh, since this thing started. And, and I, I don't know whether I'm being overly cautious. I, I'm sure I am because people say it's perfectly safe um, and, and there's no issues with that. Uh, but it is uncomfortable, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think one of the, the challenges, obviously, is going to be um, scale. Uh, you know, these, these restaurants typically need to fill their, their, um, their, their chairs uh, on busy weekend days. Uh, and, you know, if they can only fill a third of them, uh, that's a real problem. And in fact, it, it might not even make a business viable um, in that environment. So I, I'd expect to see a lot more takeout options still. I'd expect to see some uh, innovation. I'd hope to see some innovation uh, in how how restaurants are, are delivering um, for their customers. Brent, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you so much, Ed. That was great. Brent McKnight's Associate Professor of Strategic Management at the DeGroote School of Business at McMaster University. While the pandemic has turned our world upside due, the new normal for businesses could provide more opportunity. The Canadian economy shed almost 2 million jobs in April on top of the 1 million lost in March. Sheila Block is a senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, and she joins us now. And Sheila, how, how do you see the pandemic changing workers' responsibilities? Well, I see the the pandemic changing workers' responsibilities in a large number of ways. Uh, The first of those is um, everybody needs to take care of their own health, uh, and it's particularly important because if you don't take care of your own health uh, and protect yourself, then you could potentially be infecting your family and the wider public at large. Um, In terms of a lot of jobs, there isn't going to be a change. in responsibilities. If you're a lawyer or an accountant, your job is pretty much the same. I think it's really in those very public-facing service sector jobs that there's really potential for um, expanded responsibilities in terms of people who used to be responsible for, uh, you know, selling or being a cashier also have expanded responsibilities really around public health. 
that could be crowd control, that could be a lot more sanitizing. Those are the kinds of, of tasks that will likely be added to those forward-facing service sector workers. So that, that won't be a situation where they would hire more people for that. They just spread the work out amongst what they have. Well, what we know so far, which is, you know, we're in very early days here, is that if you have a reduced number of people in any, um, in any business establishment, then likely you need less people to serve them. And so what I think we would be seeing is, is, is additional responsibilities put onto, uh, put onto existing employees. Uh, now, for businesses to get going again, they'll need substantial changes to the way they operate. Do you expect a lot of them are going to adapt those changes they'll, or they'll just maybe throw in the towel? Well, I think that's, that's the $64,000 question. Um, to operate economically, um, you know, to be able to continue operating and make a profit. Um, we know a lot of, in particular, small establishments and small restaurants have people seated very close together. Um, we know that in retail, you, you want to bring people into the store. You don't want to keep them out of the store. So I think for a lot of establishments, the real question is, can they operate uh, and continue to operate profitably at the reduced volume that they're likely to see over the short term? You know, businesses are fragile from the pandemic. How do you protect yourself as a worker and the customers if, if your employer is trying to cut corners? Well, I think really that's where we're, we're seeing yet again how important the role of government is. Um, because we know that individual employees, when they have to choose between putting food on the table and the potential of getting ill, will often be forced to choose putting food, food on the table. So what we need is we need, you know, strong regulations that, you know, tell us from a scientific basis what is, what is safe and what isn't safe, and that will probably evolve as knowledge evolves. But perhaps even more importantly, we need enforcement. So we need to make sure that inspections uh, are being made from a health and safety perspective and that orders are being enforced against employers who violate them uh, and that workers are protected so that they don't lose their livelihood um, if they take time off sick or if they actually act as whistleblowers. And that's a tall order. That's going to be a tough one. I, I'm wondering, do you see an opportunity for the Canadian economy to, to pivot in another direction? You know, in the fallout from, uh, from COVID-19, uh, let's face it, uh, the oil and gas sector is down. I, I'm wondering, is, you know, th there was a talk at the beginning of the pandemic about, you know, being a, a leader in healthcare, being a leader in uh, personal protective equipment. Do you see an opportunity there? I see a lot of opportunities here. Um, uh, as you, you know, I think there's a real opportunity for us to shift uh, to a Green New Deal. I see a real opportunity um, in this moment where the wider public is really seeing the value of care work um, for an investment in that kind of work by governments, um, for an investment in, in sustainability and in um, the kinds of investments that will, will lead us to a, to a kind of greener economy, and that has to do with retrofitting buildings, 
that has to do with really smart investments in public transit, um, as opposed to kind of stupid politically motivated ones. So I see there's a whole bunch of opportunities. And I think one of the real lessons from this is that we need to make stuff here again. Um, and as opposed to just, um, you know, <laughs> um, you know, being a center for finance, um, which Toronto uh, largely is at this point, we really need to make things. And I think it's been really kind of interesting where you see um, auto plants in, uh, in Ontario retooling and, um, and making PPE, making personal protective equipment. And I think it's a kind of sobering thought of it. What if we didn't even have that existing manufacturing again? Um, you know, at this point, uh, it's much shrunk than it used to be. But if we if we didn't have those plants, um, we would all have been in a lot more trouble. So I think there's really uh, I think there's a potential for us to make more stuff. I think there's a potential for us to um, move on to a greener path. And I think there's also potential to really recognize the huge economic and social value of caring work. Sheila, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. Sheila Block's a senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. And this leads to our unpublished dot vote question. If you're not an essential services worker, how concerned are you about returning to work after the pandemic? Very concerned, a little concerned, or not concerned at all? You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote and have your voice heard. I want to thank Lindsay Teds of the University of Calgary, Brent McKnight from McMaster, and Sheila Block of the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives for joining us. And I want to thank you for listening to the Unpublished Cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand.